When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Clark Schmidt here, pitcher for the New York Yankees, and you are listening to the boys of 161st Street, the greatest Yankee podcast in the world. Thank you guys for tuning in. All right, welcome back to the boys at 161st Street, episode 192, as always, presented by Chalkboard. Chalkboard is a fantastic app that you can do some nice betting in. You sync your bets. Damon, would you like to tell some the people some more about Chalkboard? We have a group chat in there, just a game, game day group chat, if you just want to chat with the fellas. But a little bit more on the actual app itself, Damon will hit you with. Yeah, so, you know, if you listen to this right now and you're not in our group chat, I don't know. What's, it's kind of fucked up. I don't up. know what's going on. I mean... Uh, we've been in there on a daily basis talking about the Yanks. If it's good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, it's been pretty great so far, uh, I'll say. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But daily conversations going on the Chalkboard app. You know, we've been sharing our bets in there. Um, we've just been talking about everything Yankees, day-to-day basis. It's been great. Um, Chalkboard is a new app that lets you enable um, your sports book directly in the group chat so we can follow your bets, track scores, track live things that are going on in the actual game. It's a lot of fun. We share our daily prop bets in there. We share our locks for the day that only hit about 20% of the time, but that's all right. Yesterday, I bet on uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. to hit home run parlayed with Stanton. The one time oh. I the one time I take <laughs> Vlad did home run, he hits the platinum sombrero. So that's, that's how that's for, going. That's what, you, that's what you get for betting against yeah. the Yanks when you're going to a game. You can't do that. I actually almost hit a massive parlay yesterday. I went like five of six. The only thing I lost on that was Yankees leading after the first inning. Did, how much did they win? Oh, yeah, you got uh, – because the minus one and a half was something that I wasn't yeah. too confident in. I had I, minus one and a half over Seve strikeouts, and then I had a bunch of stuff. I saw Sessa – there's – tie that back into the Yankees. I saw Sessa was starting <laughs> for the Reds, so I hammered every Dodgers first inning prop I could find, and they all hit. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> chalkboard, free to download. Group chat's free. We're just hanging out in there. Um, we got a lot of activity in the last few days. Shout out to Aiden, who's been the star of the the uh, the group chat so far. Shout out to uh, Zach, has been there a lot. So come join the group chat. We're just hanging out in there. A lot of fun. Link, links in the bio. Links in the podcast description. Download the app. Come and join us. It's free. It's fun. Come hang out. Yeah, tons of fun. And uh, back more on that game. We're gonna recap the entire uh, Blue Jays series. But uh, I mean. Yesterday alone, we went to the game. Um, Sevy Sevy was fucking awesome, and so, and it wasn't even just him on the field too. Well, he, technically, when he was on the field, also, but chirping at Alec Manoa, and is it Alec or Alex? Alec. Alec. Good. Spelled with a K, like a fucking idiot. Yeah, what a fucking asshole. He was apparently running his mouth, and Sevy made sure to let him know to shove it and stick it somewhere else where the sun don't shine. And he was just absolutely dominant. And he he actually did that before he continued to shove. 
and then strike out Vladimir Guerrero Jr. three times. He ended up getting another strikeout on top of that. But all in all, Sevy looked fucking awesome. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get right into Sevy right now. Do it because I mean, obviously that's the biggest thing. To, what what? If I may. I just want to give a quick little tip of the cap to Mr. Trevino last night because he turned a lot of Seve borderline pitches into strikes. So yeah. we heard about his pitch framing. Wait. He kicked some fucking ass, and Seve looked amazing. Everything about his start was incredible, but Mr. Trevino, hat off to you, buddy. So coincidentally, I have it right in front of me. The You know how they do the umpire graphics and like all the stats yeah. on how yeah. they were? So... The Yankees gained 1.17 runs for that, and the only the part that he was bad in, quote unquote, on the sheet was called strike accuracy. So nine of 44 called strikes were true balls, and I think that's more of a testament to pitch framing from Trevino than the ump being bad. And Very something well something I love too, and fantastic analysis there, Murphy. I'm assuming that was was that baseball savant or was that that's the Twitter guy? The <laughs> okay, uh, what's it? Oh yeah, umpire scorecard. Okay, back to the roots. Fantastic but, follow. By the way. <laughs> he's definitely a fantastic follow. I don't know where he gets that data from. I, I nobody he's nobody nobody's called him <laughs> out either. Like he, everybody just assumes because the graphics look awesome that they're just completely 100 percent accurate. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's some, I, it's just some food I for thought. I always thought it was. I thought it was affiliated with the MLB. To be quite I don't honest. think it is. But it doesn't. doesn't it, it, do look at way. who he follows. He follows one person, and it's the guy who runs it. Do you really think yeah, MLB no, it, would follow the website. guy? MLB would follow the guy that's or no. promote the guy that's calling out their dog shit umpires. Oh, no, that's night? true. <laughs> um, but something on that too I, that I really enjoy seeing that I kind of called out in the off season, you know. Gary would never, obviously. That didn't need to be said, but I'm going to take the unnecessary jab there. But what I wanted was a defensive catcher, a platoon of defensive catchers who can just field their position. They will have, in this case, you clearly see the run differential swung because of the miscues up for the umpire, but that's obviously, like Murph said, due to the pitch framing. Like, don't make mistakes behind the dish. Be a very good pitch framer. That's the same with Higashioka, and I'm assuming... Uh, Roadhouse when he comes in, um, if if he ever comes in, because Trevino looks like he's pretty good now. But I, I just really like just plus defense behind the dish and then do whatever on offense. And on top of it, Trevino ended up having an RBI double in the game last night. So two RBIs, two yeah. two RBIs, two RBIs exactly. So that and that this goes back to what I was saying too. Like when you have enough hitters in the lineup that are supposed to hit the way they should and are paid to hit the way they should, what regardless if that actually happens or not. You can omit one member of the the lineup and just say like, you know what? what? Throw a guy out there if he hits, he hits. If he is average or whatever, it's like I always say, it's the Christian Vasquez theory. He plays damn good defense, and if he hits, fantastic. If not, whatever, you get good defense. Well, you know what happened last night, and I don't know if you guys could really tell this from being at the game, but from watching it on TV, if you take the four at bats that turned into the first two runs, so IKF's. Double. getting on base, and then Trevino getting him in both times around. All four of the pitches that they put in play were not the most optimal hittable pitches. Like, they were ugly pitches that they were just trying to get in play and see what happened, and it ended up being two runs that we've been dying for from the eight and nine hole. And when you're facing a guy like Gosman who's that good, that's sometimes the approach you're going to have to take, and that's the approach you need from the eight and nine, and it seemed like they finally did that. Maybe one through fucking seven could learn something from that. Right. This would be a good time to introduce this fun little fact. We are nine for 50 with runners in scoring position this season. 
That's good for a 180 batting average. <laughs> Very small sample size. We won't be. I know a lot of people are calling for the sun That's, for some people. The sun isn't isn't open yet. The sun is closed. Until, it's like it's like in the Avengers. Like the Earth the Earth is closed today. The sun is closed today until. When do we want to officially start to make judgments? When's Judgment Day? It's gotta I, be a I don't think, thing. I don't think we tell the sun when it's open. The sun tells <laughs> us. The sun agreed. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> Mister Kiner Falefa before three hits last night was inching his way. I mean, he was in the rocket ship ready to fucking blast off. I can't wait to like the episode where the sun rears its ugly head. We're just gonna open the episode with "Here Comes the Sun" just to <laughs> allude to the fact that we're gonna get to it, and yeah. then. Yeah, that way we have to. But uh, today is not that day. Uh, I think you're right, though. Like, if, if IKF didn't have... I don't think he would be going to the Sun. Let's say he went 0 for 4 again. If he went 0 for 4... I don't think he would be on the Sun If he yet. made another we, error we and went discussion. 0 for 4, we would definitely... We would at least... We would bring to, it up. We'd bring it to trial. He's on the chopping block. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, sure. he would have narrowly squeaked by, but I, I think by next week, if he kept that up, and he very well may, he had one good game. I'm just saying. He he bought himself some time. Well, I think I think it's mainly not even the the offensive, like being bad on offense. I think it's mainly the yeah. lack of defense. Like the his defense his outs above average, I'm pretty sure, is like one of the worst it's like in the league right now. Seven in his career. I, I'm going to give him a pass to that because he's a career yeah. great fielder, and he's in nope. New York for the first time. Two home series against two division rivals that are really good. Like you know. That if there's ever a pressure cooker early on in the season to be in, that's the one. I also so don't want to look at any of these sabermetric percentiles because you look at some of the other people in the league, like Jose uh, Trevino's probably on yeah. the top of everything right now. Yeah, he um, like 500. I'll tell you what, who's sliding further and further close to having their name brought up, Mister Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson, I'm getting very sick of his bullshit, and I was the one person in. The podcast, I think, that was not excited about Josh Donaldson being on the team, but like when you look at the sabermetrics of last year, he could still hit all that. And I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he's not going to. I'm saying he looks pretty fucking shitty right now. And I don't love. I never loved him in the leadoff spot. I'm glad that today, if you're listening to this on Friday when we're recording this, um, the lineup came out today and Rizzo's leading off, and that's something we've been talking about for a little bit now. Like Rizzo kind of makes sense if you're not gonna it. If you're not going to have DJ lead off, which he should, um, and I honestly, there's some arguments that you can make now that we see him in like the five hole that like that's probably a better spot for him because he's hitting very well so far this season and people are going to be on base for him. So I'm honestly, I'm less upset about that as I was, as it used to be because I thought DJ was just the clear cut, have him be the leadoff guy, but I'm okay with that for now. Rizzo makes sense to be in the one spot or the two because he's been hitting really well and I just like the way he works account. I like the way and he does everything that Josh Donaldson was supposed to be doing. And that's the like the reasoning Boone put and the analytics department put Donaldson in the one spot is because he's able to work the count and do all this stuff. Uh, Rizzo does that and he does it better. It so, really sucks that we don't have a true leadoff hitter. If we had a true, I don't know a lot hitter, of people that teams have that though. I don't know. I mean, like you, you paint the picture. I don't even know if he bats lead off. He does on my show team but it to me like a prototypical leadoff hitter you look at byron buxton and i know he got he's hurt not him. even hitting leadoff though i think I he's hitting not, he's hitting like three no, he's like their saying. best hitter but i'm just saying not, the leadoff guy isn't fast it's anymore. different yeah that's what i was he about to say ricky henderson's it's well, not I know that. the, the prototypical leadoff the, hitter that you just mentioned is is an analytics driven like guy who can work the count honestly a better version of gardner who literally like works the count but not the fast part that gardner used to be but like the guy who just worked pitch the pitch count up 
I, I think that Hicks at his very best is a pretty yeah. optimal yeah, off hitter. That's Switch hitter. He never was base. very fast. No, I mean, I, I'm not even talking like just pure speed. I'm just, I don't know. To me, I love having Rizzo and Judge back to back, and I really like Rizzo in the two, and I like Judge in the three. Yeah, that's, just purely out of feel yesterday when we were at the games, like when the lineup turned over and we saw Rizzo, Judge, Stanton in one through, like I was very confident in that. Yeah. Because when you do Judge, Stanton, Gallo, that's as, like as scary as that is, like you could definitely hit back to back to back home runs at some points, but most often you're going to get back to back to back strikeouts. And I mean, like you got, you have to balance times, that a little bit. Yeah. How many times are two of those three going to strike all out? three going to get a hit compared to when all three strike out? And you also, you don't want to have the back to back to back home runs. You want to spread that out and get people on base in between. So having Rizzo on there, if he doesn't hit a home run, which he very well could, cause he's apparently Barry Bonds. Like I, I just like having him mixed in between. I just wish, and I know you've said this before, Chandler, that they would just fucking run one lineup out there, one maybe two, make an adjustment if you need to because something's not working. But like, it's like they're just having fun with it now. Like now, there's another new lineup today. Yeah, so now is doing it I, I just for the sake of doing it. They have not had the same lineup twice in a row the entire. Year. I dis I disagree a little bit with. Well, I, mean, I don't. What disagree. do you mean you disagree? This is a fact. I don't. That they I don't have disagree. Not ran out I just think lineup. it's. I don't think it's as big of a deal as we're making it out to be because I don't think it is either. Well, let me put it this way. Let, this let is, him go. This is how I just let him go. Okay. Well, I was going to, well, no, go, you go ahead. I was just saying, like you were talking about, you know, don't like Donaldson leading off. Well, now they're trying something new. Judge is out of lineup today. That's half the reason it's a different lineup. You have two catchers that are, you're trying to figure out who's who, what's what, because Higgy's been cold, but you need to have him out there when Cole pitches, for example, and he's going to be out there today again. Trevino was a good plug yesterday. And then you also have a bunch of guys that need to alternate who's DHing. You're not going to be able to have Stanton in, in the outfield every single day. You're not going to be able to have Donaldson at third every single day. You need to work DJ into the lineup. There's a lot of reasons and factors that go into the lineup for this team specifically with how fragile everybody is, how old everybody is, how hurt everybody <laughs> seems to get. Like There's just a lot more factors on the Yankees than other teams, I think, in terms of how the lineup changes. No, that's fair, but here's here's kind of what I was thinking about, and I do totally agree with you, but think about how much of a hissy fit that Garrett Cole threw because his start was delayed four minutes. Now translate that to somebody who's doing, they're trying to time up a 100-mile-an-hour fastball day in and day out, or whatever the case may be, whatever pitch it is that they're trying to time up and square up. They're getting out of their routine every single day and trying to adapt to a new routine. Right or wrong, baseball is a game of routine and it's a game of feel. You can't get that routine and you can't get that feel if you're doing something new every fucking day. Right or wrong, I could be the dumbest person on earth. I'll be the first person to tell you that. But to me, seeing Cole freak out that much, which I still... I'm not defending Garrett Cole. I think that that's absolutely ridiculous. You're making what? 32, $34 million a year. Get the fuck over it. It's four minutes on opening day. But the fact that baseball players in general are that, you know, head down, this is my routine. I need to do X, Y, and Z to perform. The fact that you're changing it every single day. I think that that might throw guys out of whack. I I think that's fair. Um, I don't know how much I love the Cole comparison just because I think pitchers in general are more in it's starting pitchers, especially are more in that routine. Like you have to be able to adapt to different spots and line up in different places on the field. If you're going to be a major league baseball hitter. 
Well, no, like I, to- I totally pitcher, agree. You're but... getting every five, and you can control it a little bit more. So when that little thing goes out, it's a little different. But I, I see where you're coming from, and I do agree. Like, there should be some consistencies that they work around. Like, Judge should be batting second every time. I believe, personally, that Rizzo should be leading off every day and playing first every day. I, I mean, it's I, a different mentality, though, in different parts of the lineup, too. If you're batting leadoff, you're trying to work counts. You're trying to get on base. Yep. If you're in the two or three hole, you're trying to drive in runs. You're trying to adapt your swing every day to these different to these different spots in the lineup, and you're trying to produce a different result. You know, Rather than taking your walk and taking those pitches and foul off pitches just to, again, you know, see the pitcher, move the line along, do all these things, you're trying to drive in runs. You're trying to hit the ball in the air. You're trying to spray it the other way in different spots. I, I just I think it's hard to get a consistent swing when you're I mean, obviously the objective is to hit the ball and score runs, but based on where you are in the lineup, that looks different. And I mean Yeah. I, I think it's hard to get a consistent swing when you're expected to do a different thing each day at the plate. I agree. So I think we'll get there though. Yeah. I don't so. think we'll ever have a consistent lineup. You we haven't so? in we haven't in four years with yeah, we, why would we, we now they keep doing it. It's the same thing I every guess. time. We're not Our the same. Injuries. It's the same thing every time that it's not the same thing every time. <laughs> like the oh they always change it up. But speaking of the lineup a little bit, uh somebody who hasn't been doing very well and it's been very interesting to see because seemingly, you know, at face value, it seems like he's doing very bad. Uh by the analytics, it looks like he's doing he's he's quite literally I've, there's a graphic that we put up there. That was he's the most unlucky person in baseball today, and that's Joey Gallo. And my question to you guys, and before I get into the question, actually, I'll readdress this little graphic that I saw on Instagram, and I did confirm this stuff. Um, he is first in MLB in eighty. He's eighty percent hard hit percentage. He's average exit velo is one hundred point one first in MLB. His barrel percentage is 40% first name will be. He has a 188 batting average right now. And if you look at all of his other metrics too, the Sabre metrics, he is 98th percentile in average exit velocity. He is 97th percentile in max exit velocity, 98th in hard hit percentage, 94th in walk percentage, 99th in expected slugging. All the expected stuff uh, with the exception of expected batting average because he doesn't do that are very high if not the highest, and he's just not having him fall for him. That could be because of the shift, but I don't want to I don't want to credit all of it to the shift. It's like a lot of it just isn't really falling for him right now. He is striking out a ton, which he's always gonna do, and he's his whiff percentage is very high, is in the twenty second percentile there. But like at what point do you think this turns around and do you think it does? I think eventually it'll I mean that's just how math and statistics work in general it'll eventually it'll even out i don't know if it'll be next month or six months from now or whatever the case may be but i mean what's encouraging to me about joey gallo and i sound like an asshole defending him week in and week out because he's the bottom line is he's not producing on paper and that's what matters but i see him hitting a lot of hard balls the other way like last night he had a line out to the warning track in right or left center he's going oppo he's hitting these super high hard drives the other way he's still pulling the ball and he's pulling it well like he's done his whole career but he's still spraying it the other way and he's hitting it hard nothing's falling for him that's baseball but i don't know i i think i think it'll turn around and i don't think it's necessarily an adjustment he has to make i think if he keeps doing the exact same thing then you know just by like that ball we were talking about on the last episode it's been hit with those same exact metrics 131 times in baseball 130 are hits, the only outs Joey Gallows. 
and 121 of them are home runs. I don't know how much of it is actually being unlucky, though. Like, yes, I get that, but like, I think the shift does play a good, good part. It's not really the shift. He's hitting it in the air. He's hitting it in the air. There are two parts of this. One thing that we're not really talking that much about is it's all expected. They were talking about that same graphic on the broadcast last night, and I know you guys were at the game, so you didn't hear it, but those metrics are all based on the balls that he actually puts in play. And he's like the true three outcome guy where he's, he doesn't put the ball in play like, like these, like most other people do. He's going to whiff before he's going to hit a dribbler to third base. So yeah, he's unlucky. No, he shouldn't be hitting under 200. And I think they said his expected batting average was like 314 or something, which still great. It's going to come up, but it's not, I think it, the graphic makes it seem a little bit more dramatic than it really is because he's throughout his entire career been the barrel up or nothing guy. No, I agree. I don't think That's I don't think said. when this corrects that he's going to be a two eighty hitter all of a sudden. Even he, they asked him about it. It was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be. They, I think they asked him about New York being hard on him. He's like, I mean, I'm not going to be a three hundred hitter. I'm never. I've never done that in my life. I wasn't going to do it when I moved here. Like I, that is one thing I do like about Joey Gallo is he's coming from. Texas, which I say what you want. It's not the media that New York city is. That's just a fact. And he's handled everything. The struggles this year, the unlucky, the struggles, whatever you want to call them, he's handled them really well. And every time they ask him, he's straight up. He had the one the other day. They were like, yeah, how are you going to find more consistency at the play? He's like, yeah, I've been looking for that answer for 30 years. I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> and I, I like the guy. I think I think he has the potential to be a really solid bat for us. I think if collectively as a fan base, if we stop expecting MVP Joey Gallo and just he's a slugger, he's going to hit some home runs, he's going to hit some doubles, he's going to play pretty solid in the field, he may win a gold glove like he did last year, who knows. I, I, Do you think he turns it around? I don't think he necessarily. I don't think he's doing anything different. It's a bad question. Yeah. So is I don't think turning around. I don't think he's going to go on this magical streak. But I think he's going to keep doing what he's doing, and the balls are going to start to fall, and he'll get to his career averages. Yeah, that's he'll a probably, better way to say because he'll I, probably I don't think... hit thirty to forty home runs. He's going to hit between two hundred and two fifteen. He's going to strike out a shit ton. He's going to walk a shit ton, and he's going to play really, really solid left field, and he's going to gun some people out the plate. I can't and wait I'm for. Totally okay with that. I am too, and I can't wait for Homer number one to drop for him because he hasn't hit it yet, and um, I mean he has three hits, but it, one of them is going to go out. And I kept saying to Chandler while we were at the game, it's just like this is going to be the one where he hits it off the fucking Bank of America sign up in the upper deck in right field, and it's just going to come out 130 miles per hour, and <laughs> it's going to be an absolute rocket, like off the foul pole basically, because he's going to pull the shit out of it, and it's just going to be an amazing moment for him. And I just can't wait for that to happen. Uh, turning turning the page a little bit, back to what I said about Seve. We didn't go over his stats. His first two stats, because I have some questions for you guys on him as well. Um, his first start, not as great, but he did touch 101, and he didn't look terrible. First game of the season. Pitch. First game of the season, it's not bad. And it was actually pretty good if you look at some of the numbers. But three innings pitched, five hits, zero walks. I like the zero walks. Five Ks, two earned runs, touched 101, like I said. Start number two yesterday. Uh, five innings pitched, two hits, two walks, six strikeouts, zero earned runs. Struck out of of those six strikeouts, three of them were against Vlad Jr., which is fucking awesome to see, especially coming off a game where yesterday or the day before he had hit three home runs off of Garrett Cole and the, the and yet some of the best pitchers in baseball 
And I mean, the entire Yankees team right now is the second in MLB and ERA. And they have been dominating. We've been talking about the bullpen already this season, but I mean, starting pitching as well, that all counts into it. So, I mean, and Vlad Jr. is just a damn good hitter. Like Garrett um, Cole, everybody's hitter. pissed off at Garrett Cole, I, and rightfully so. Don't get me wrong. I'm not defending him. You are being paid this money. You're complaining to the media about everything. There are reasons to complain about Garrett Cole. But the second home run he hit off Cole, that was the 99 beautiful on the pitch. hands. Yeah. If you see the like snapshot or the yeah. screenshot of where he I hit saw that. that ball, any normal human, that's a shattered bat pop up to the third baseman. Vlad hit it 440. Yeah, so, it literally had a screenshot then, behind yeah. uh, behind the ball. It said this ball went 445. And then and then look at where Sevy threw to him. And why, guess why he struck him out three times? Because he threw him low and outside. Yeah. That's I mean, Sevy's pitches looked fucking gross. So my question to you guys. No, he, he did. Huh? I, I was saying, yeah, he did. But it's also like not just Cole's fault. It's no. a product of the game plan. He yeah. didn't miss a spot and leave one over the middle. That's just yeah. glad he hit inside. That's all it is. So my question to you is, do you think there's a chance for Sevy to be, at the end of the year, our number one statistical pitcher on the Yankees? Not, like, when this, when, for the stats. And I, don't, I think, personally, no, because I don't think he's going to get as many innings as Cole will. Obviously, this is a, this is a direct, like, Cole versus Sevy conversation. I don't think anybody else is going to be even close. <laughs> Maybe Nestor Cortez, but... Do you think there's a chance? Because before the season started, we were just writing him off as the, he's the two at, at best. That's a ceiling. I think we talked about that on his on his individual roll call episode. But you know my answer, so I'll let Murph go. I think he's exceeding expectations more than anybody else's at this point, and maybe in some of the average categories, it could happen. But I'd be very surprised. Wrong. I don't you think, think he's he, exceeding expectations. What He's, were your expectations? This my was expectations are for him to come out and dominate. I expected right him away? to come out, and I expected him to be the, his normal self, and his normal self is an ace. And it's. I thought. Are you sure you, that we were saying that the whole time? Because I thought I was the high, had the mm-hmm. highest expectations. No, for him and mine on his roll high. call episode, I literally. Luke was shooting me down. I was like, "He's not even going to play. He's going to be injured." And I was like, "Okay, that's fine." I expect Luis Severino if he's healthy. To, I mean, and we've talked about it for a year and a half now. And if you look at their, I don't want to say peaks because there there's a age gap. But when you look at the three years stretch that Sevy was our ace and Garrett Cole was on the Pirates and then the Astros, Luis Severino was a statistically better pitcher. So he was so, almost a top five pitcher in baseball. For I wouldn't no, not almost. He was a top five pitcher in baseball. Luis Severino right, is very, very, very fucking good. And he showed it last year, and this is something that I kept bringing up, and you guys were brushing under the rug as, oh, it's a small sample size. Oh, he just came back. He's coming out of the pen. He can let it loose out of the pen because he knows he has a short leash. Like, temper your expectations. No, I'm not tempering my expectations, and I'm certainly not now. If he's healthy, this is the guy we're getting. I'm not saying he's going to get give up zero runs every game, but I think once he builds up his stamina, I don't think they're going to put a cap on him, especially yeah. in his walk year. They're not. It, this is his last year under contract. They're not going to put him on a cap because they don't give a fuck about his arm. I don't think it's an overreaction to say that he can be, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the number one pitcher statistically on the team. Because when the when the training wheels are off, like he he got pulled at eighty pitches yesterday, it, it looked damn well like he could keep going. But I think he knew. He he probably wanted to keep going, but he knew and everybody knew that like this is probably the, for the best with a guy coming Bullpen's off multiple injuries. Well. 
bullpen's throwing the best in the league, arguably. Give it to the bullpen. You have a nice lead. Like, just, it's okay. But, like, when the training wheels are off and he, he, like, the thing that makes me think it's possible is that, like, the stuff is there. He has enough strikeout stuff to strike out Vlad Jr. three times in one game. That's enough to to tell me that he has the strikeout stuff that he had back when he was nasty. So, I think when the training wheels are off and he stays healthy, I don't see why it's impossible for him to have the best stats on this team and be the ace again. I mean, no, I know they have a lot of money investing in Garrett Cole and that's fine. And I'm not saying Garrett Cole will continue to be like this. Everybody in the MLB, you look around the league, some of the best pitchers, like Corbin Burns got fucking taxed the first fucking game. He got destroyed. And then he settled in. He had a great game in the second game, but like this part of the year, especially with a shortened spring training, you should look like Garrett Cole. That's okay. It's not. And, then, and that's even more encouraging for Seve because he looks like this. Like it's, kind of wild what he's doing right now albeit small sample size but i'm very encouraged by seeing that and i think i think this can very much translate into him having a dominant year i think i think sevy's back i think i don't don't think that's crazy to say well that's the part so when we were talking all offseason about sevy i did think he was capable of this i just didn't think it was going to come this soon i thought he was going to need a few games to settle in get his stuff back get his command back like you missed two years at that age you know, like he was pretty young when he got hurt, didn't have that much experience under his belt. You missed two years. Coming back's not easy. So I did think he could do this. I didn't think it'd be coming this soon. And, and I think and hope it's sustainable. I don't think this is a good representation of Cole that we're comparing him to for the first two games. But yeah. he's 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 a he's a two. So but we have- I was saying even if Cole was and I, and I know and this question isn't more so to say that Cole is doing bad the the gates the doors open for Sevy to become the number one, number one again. I think regardless, even if they were both pitching well, I think Sevy always had, like you said, when you compare their seasons back when they were both like, like three years ago, their their resume and their stuff translates to be like it's it's a very much a competition between the two. It's just a matter of staying healthy and will he get the innings? I don't think he'll get as many innings as Cole, and that's why I think evidently uh, Cole will. And Cole's going to have a fucking awesome year. He probably is going to win Cy Young. And I just think Seve's going to have a very, very good year as well. And I don't think that's crazy. I think Seve's going to be that. And this may be an overreaction, but <laughs> I really do believe that he is going to be that 1B ace that a true contender needs. Again, I and I'll get into this later in the show because I know this is a Seve spotlight right now. I don't think that what we're doing right now is sustainable. I don't think that this is a team that can truly contend. But I do believe that if we were to make it to that stage, Sevy is that guy. When you talk about these teams that win championships, when you look at whoever it may be, you've got those back-to-back dominant starters where you have two games that should be theoretic, theoretically wins going into a series, When especially when you play a short series like 1-2. We've got two games that we're feeling good about then we have three games to play with we have those one that one two punch it's just a matter of getting to that spot and then you know obviously scoring runs i told you we're nine for 50 with runners in scoring position small sample size yes but it's been an issue for two and a half years i now. disagree exactly. the fact that you said and i'm not going to dive too much into it because i know you're a pessimist by nature but i don't know I, I don't you think I'm, you can say that we aren't going to be a contender maybe you're not saying that but i'm just saying I what i've we'll what i've seen so minute. far in this first couple series against the Red Sox and against the Blue Jays, the fact that we come out, we have we have a winning record in the AL East right now, that's a great sign. These are some of the best teams in baseball, and we can hang with the best of them. 
I don't think that's unfair to say that we can absolutely be contenders. I don't think the the bullpen is going to be this all year long. I do think they're going to be damn good. You look at our pitching last year. If you were if an un like if a third party fan that doesn't check in as much as we do were to look at the Yankees and say like, hey, what are the Yankees known for? They'd be like, wow, they can hit a ton of home runs, and then they're pitching, eh, not so much. Last year, it was the complete opposite. And this year, I don't think anybody can discount the pitching to maintain something like this. Maybe not two in the league, because, you know, the the Brewers are very good, and I'm sure there's other bullpens out there that are also very good, but we have a very good bullpen, too, and I don't think this is unrealistic to continue that. Let me ask you this question, and then we'll move on. Okay, before we hit the sustainability and the, you know, our team going forward, one more thing on Sevy. This is his. He's got this year a club option for next year. One, do you think they'll pick up the club option? Two, do you think he's going to spend his career in pinstripes? Because I don't. I think after this year, he's going to prove his worth, and I think he's going to want north of a hundred million dollars. And I don't think the Yankees are going to do that. I don't think any any team is going to pay him north of hundred million dollars. I think he's I think, very I think much Zach being, Wheeler. He's Zach Wheeler. Exactly, and I think I think the Yankees. Million. I think the Yankees would pick it up if he has. I think it's entirely dependent on health. If it's he's if he's million. healthy, I think there's no reason why the Yankees they'll wouldn't want him. Option. Yeah, I think without a doubt, if he's healthy, they'll pick up the option. After that, I think it gets a little hairy. He's they'll probably get. They'll probably get. They would probably get a little skittish considering they extended him before and look what they got for it. Look they, what they have to show for it. So they're probably not going to give another massive extension. I mean, look what they're doing with judge right now because of his health history. Like they're not going to give him an extension. They say, will pick up the option, but that's judges judge turned down a shitload of money regardless. And, but judge is different from Seve. So judge yeah, has a lot more production with judges because of injuries, because of injuries. Now you look at the history of Seve. Seve hasn't done anything. We talk about all the time, how much, it's, how it's so impressive that he's doing this. And he hasn't pitched a game since this season for two years. That is completely different from what happened with judge judge was still, putting together portions of seasons, if not large portions of seasons. No, I agree. Sevy did not, and that's why I think they're going to hang on the health more, especially because they've already been burned on extension by him. That's what I'm saying. That's That was the whole point of my question. Do you think, assuming he comes out and he gives us this healthy year that we're talking about, they're going to pick up the option. That's a no-brainer. It's $11 million. Yes. So they're going to pick up the option. Say he does it again next year. He's solidified himself as a hundred million plus dollar pitcher at that point. Yeah. Then I think, as, yes, as, do as the Yankees took- have, are the Yankees going to make a run at him? Cause I don't think they will. I think other teams are probably, if he stays healthy for two years and I'll pass to you, Murph, I, I think other teams are probably going to pay him more than we will because we've got burned. We, well, we know, we know him. We know his health. Exactly. If, if he has two of these years that you're talking about, we didn't even really get burned. You're right. He, we no, missed him for two years, but if I mean, right now it looks like we got burned because we haven't gotten a full year out of him since the contract. But if two years from now it doesn't look like we're getting burned anymore, and he's turning thirty, and he'll take six years, one hundred twenty million, like maybe it Time depends a lot. It depends almost entirely on what the state of the team is. Yeah. If it's a rebuilding year, probably not. But if we're coming off a World Series run or a near World Series run, or Dominguez and Volpe are up and looking good, and it looks like if if it looks like we're going to contend in the year in question, I think they'll do it. Yeah, that's true. Time will tell. If he stays healthy, then I don't see why not. Uh, somebody that doesn't look fucking good. <laughs> it's been one one uh, outing, but Chapman looked fucking terrible. We were sitting behind home plate yesterday because we got standing room tickets and we snuck over. So we're not rich bitches. <laughs> we just are very resourceful humans. We uh, snuck in there and he, I'll tell you what, 
I'll tell you what, he did not, he did not look good from my perspective, from anybody's perspective. Um, he threw, I think, six balls in a row, was it? He walked the bases loaded, not walked him. Pretty sure he, he walked put, close to the bases loaded. Or he, he, he walked the bases loaded, and he didn't put a single fastball in the strike zone. That's not good. I don't the only it. pitches that hit the strike zone were the slider. And we talked and about... One of them was a wild pitch. Yeah. How about Mike King? Well, we, I was about to bring him up, but we talked about, like... Uh, Loizga being kind of a co-closer or like getting some spots where he'd be a closer later on in the season. I don't even think that's like he had, he got kind of got lit up, but I, I think get lit up. he gave up two night. bloop singles yeah, and then know. he gave up a nuke to Vladimir, the best hitter in baseball. That's true. But he at least had control. I think he had more control than Chapman did. So Jonathan Loizga is a very, Jonathan Loizga is our best pitcher. Do you think that, do you think they're pushing the envelope on that right now? Like, do you think, no, there's a chance They're that so, soon they start to like. So do you think because of that last outing, your prediction may happen sooner? Have the let me ask you this. I'm going to answer your question with a question. Have the Yankees ever done what makes sense at the time it makes sense? No. Okay. There's your. I mean, there's your answer. So they're going to leave him in there. They're going to let Chapman roll out till the All Star break, and they're going to see what happens. I mean, obviously, this one walking the bases loaded. You knew that when you signed him. They're not going to yank the closer role from him he's after one this. outing. He, he's looked good in the he, first. Yeah, few that's games. the thing. He has those implosion games from time to time, and I just think that's all that was. That's all it was, and I don't. He, he may come head. out, and he may. He's gonna blow some games. He's gonna blow some disappointing games. That's gonna happen. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen. We all know what's gonna happen. He's not Mariano Rivera. He's no. not Josh Hader. He's not shit. He's not Luizaga at this stage in his career, but he. He's going to be the closer for the foreseeable future, barring a just absolute mega meltdown. If he has a meltdown to the caliber he did last summer for that month where he had like a 16 ERA, then then you may see a more permanent change. But I don't think I don't think they're going to replace him this fast. I was talking to Mike last night, night Murph. I don't know if you heard this conversation. We were, we were he was sitting with us, and he for the people listening. Uh, our friend Mike knows not a fucking thing about baseball. Nothing. Doesn't even know what shape the ball is. No. no. He, 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 he told me last night, that for reference for the people out here, he told me last night, he said, why don't major league teams consider moving every fence in 20 yards? He did say that. It's like, dude, that's in middle school field. Was, 20 yeah. yards, not feet. Feet would be way too much also. And they're moving, they're moving the fences back. So he just was completely off on whatever. I don't know why he said that. He was pretty drunk, but like, even so, that's ridiculous, but that gives you context of who we're talking about. But with that being said, when I was talking to him, I was talking to him about Chapman, and he came in, and all the lights were going crazy. The fire was all over the stadium. It was all exciting, and he was like, oh, this is Chapman, right? He's like, and the fact that he knows who Chapman is is a bad thing because he knows him for the wrong reasons. He knows him because of the blowups and the and the blown saves and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, I mean, he's like, is, he asked me, he's like, is Chapman an elite closer? And I was like, I was like, you know, he's paid like it. Um, he does, he does blow a lot of of like, you know. I think he's he's had very good seasons when you look at the season as a whole. But the headlines are the ones where he blows them in big playoff games and big big spots. And he literally said, as I said, that he's like that is by definition not an elite closer. He's blowing the most <laughs> high leverage things. I he didn't use the word leverage, but he like he's he blew the biggest spots. How could you consider him elite? And I, I'm not. And I'm just saying, like, for a closer to 
blow specifically the big spots only against the good teams. It's just a little ridiculous. So I thought it was funny that even Mike was saying that he shouldn't be the closer. <laughs> I saw you. Do you have your laptop open still? I saw you were looking at baseball Savant. Can you look up Clay Holmes' metrics? He looks nasty. Clay Holmes is not going to be the closer. I know he's not going to be the closer. I'm talking about bullpen trust tree. We always bring that up. I mean, right now. You want to bring it up right now? Oh, my God. His... He's nasty, dude. Well, He's I mean, good. he has four games start. His four matter. innings pitched, but in those four well, innings, well, this is why the Yankees traded for him, were because his metrics. That that's enough to know that these hold consistent more than just this year. And his expected walk percentage is sixty six percentile, which isn't is that's that's his bugaboo. His bugaboo that's because is because he has a stinker. No, expected I, walk, Mike. What? Well, expected walk, if you're a relief pitcher who relies on breaking pitches and like you don't really use a four-seam fastball, it, your expected walk is going to be high because you're relying on getting guys to chase out of the zone. And, so it's a little different. Yeah. He didn't throw a sinker last year. He his his three pitches are fastball, slider, curve. Who am I thinking? Uh, he throws, am I no, he throws his fastball. No, he doesn't throw a four seam. His fastball is a sinker. Oh, maybe it's, yeah, his maybe his fastball, fastball is a sinker. Just baseball savant. They, has they it pulled, last fastball. night they pulled him. They, it was funny because last night on the broadcast they were saying, so they had him in as a sinker baller trying to get like a ground ball or in, in, or something, and somebody got a hit, and then they pulled him, put Chad Green, and Chad Green got the double play. Chad <laughs> Green isn't supposed to be the double play guy. No, Chad Green really is the fly, three flyouts yeah. to the warning track. Dude, exactly. our, bullpen, our bullpen is fucking nasty. Look look at it now. It, it, no, it is. In the, I'm telling you how good King. it's been. How good the bullpen's been. Our two best bullpen arms on paper have been arguably our two worst so far. Not yeah. that Luizaga is really doing bad, but... No, throw Luizaga away. But our shows best, how deep it is. Our best one is having a bad season, but we're still the best bullpen in the league right now. Dude, I'm, Michael, the, Michael King, the, if he can sustain, obviously he's not going to sustain this, but if he can pitch to a level similar to this for an entire year, that's scary. I mean, if he could do that last that's night, he, there is not many people that can get out of that spot. He had no outs, bases loaded against, they pinch hit Matt Chapman, against Matt Chapman, George Springer, and then Vladimir Guerrero Jr. were going to be up no, next. Chapman, was, oh, Chapman no, faced Chapman. Chapman, it was Chapman, Springer, Bo Bichette, and then Vlad was on deck. Yeah. Well, he got the double play. He struck wait, somebody no. on got double no, play. No, he, he, yeah. he faced Matt no, Chapman he struck first. Out, he struck out Springer, struck out Springer and got then Bo Bichette, Bichette hit the, the double play. play. Yeah. Yes, you're, he right. Didn't face you're right. You're right. You're right. Yes, because it was Chapman versus Chapman. I made a dumb joke but, about yes. that. Nice base running by he, Matt Chapman, by yeah, the way. Real good. Um, but I, I think Mike King, this could be... This could be a coming out party for him well, this season. I mean, just in freedom. terms of the confidence after that, like he's going to build off this. I mean, we I would I would Mike be able King to build off that last year. You remember the free Mike Mike King because yeah. they kept sending him down. We're like, what the fuck are you doing? This is this guy's crushing it out of the bullpen, yeah. and Bring now he's Nick finally found he's finally found his role because he was a fringe starter. Which you can say that for everybody in our fucking bullpen. Yeah, he was a fringe starter. He's found his role as kind of as you would call Nestor Corsa as a jackknife, he's kind of a jackknife of our bullpen. If you think about it, like he can go out and he can give you two, three innings as we've seen, right. and he does it well. He's the new but Chad he Green. He came in last night for his first career save. Also, shout out to Anthony Rizzo, a guy's guy, saving the ball for him, giving it to him for his first save. But Michael King's going to be, if he can come in he, and do this, the, we are in very, very good shape. 
I'm hereby passing the jackknife label. Yeah, Nestor's a bona fide starter now. He's a starter now. He is, which is fine. But when you have a guy that can be your bullpen day spot starter, can come in and close it when Chapman's off, can come in for three innings if you're down by five runs and just kind of mop up, save some arms, or he could come in in a high leverage situation outside of the ninth inning, fine. I'm not, there's not a single situation that I can think of that I wouldn't be comfortable with Mike King right now. And I know that's premature to say because we've only seen him in one spot. But that is that, bit, last night, that proved a lot to me. It all. did prove that a lot to me. I think it. that's a little bit prisoner of the moment because he did just have probably the best moment of his life. But Oh, I, I agree. I think that did absolutely. I think it's not an overreaction to say that more of this to come for him because yeah. that was like no, not many people can do that. What he you just did against literally three of the best hitters in baseball. While we're on pitching, I would like to take this time to I think it's time to get rid of the Nestor Cortez is just the funny he throws funny, he's whatever, he's not gonna stay a starter. Nestor Cortez is fucking good. He should Okay, shut. give give it a couple more, no, but I, I do no, I mean look, I, look, I have stats to back it up before you I mean, tell last, me to give yeah, it a Yeah, it's look, one 20, more start on top of his last year, which was awesome. But his last year, he we even know that. his expected st- it's the metrics backed him up too. It wasn't that he got lucky and he was just you know, he was giving up a lot of hard contact and people were do whatever. One, he led the Yankees in the RA, better than Cole. But he also, I mean, these are his percentile rankings. I mean, I'm not telling you he's an ace, but at this point in his career, there's no reason to think that Nestor Cortez is not a solid four starter. I mean, we know this. This but is there's no the new people, information. No, it is new because people are still laughing it off like, oh my god, Nestor Cortez, haha, he's the guy that throws funny. You know, we need to get a starter. Nestor Cortez is a bona fide starter now. I, Nestor Cortez is a bona fide major league starter. I'm just hoping, and these num- numbers you're going to throw at me, they're all known already. But I'm the only reason I think I can speak for a lot of people that are the doubters of Nestor Cortez, and I'm not one of them, but I'm playing devil's advocate. I just feel like this might be a year where they get film on him. This is the second year that you're facing this funky guy. The second, like, it just feel like it's just. He was a new thing. Nobody really knew to hit him. Nobody knew how to hit him. Nobody knew what he threw because nobody really saw him that much. And I thought, and, I, and I'm sure this is what people are saying that are the doubters. It's like that he will get figured out in year two. And that's it. He's and that's why I'm pitches, saying, though. that's why I'm saying one start doesn't change that. We're going to see how the course of this year goes. I'm a big Nestor Cortez guy, one of the biggest. But I'm just saying, speaking for the folks that don't really believe the hype, I think that's why. Well, not this a, is my not whole a doubter, thing. but I agree with everything you just said. I, that's fine, and I think you may, maybe you are right. And I'm not telling. I'm just saying that for the time being, I think it's time to accept that Nestor Cortez is a major league starting pitcher. He's not the fringe guy. He's not the f- guy that throws funny. Nestor Cortez is a good pitcher. I mean, he gets. I mean, deep he's in, games in the, too. <laughs> he's, the, uh, he's in the upper echelon in all expected stats and K percentage. And I mean, he was. 10K, he was 10Ks per nine last year. You don't do that by accident. He's, Dude, I mean, just in 2020. You do that by throwing a little funky. Well, he throws funky. Fine. He throw, but even if you look at his start the other night, he didn't throw from a weird windup until the third inning. That's what they were talking about on the broadcast, too. They were like, you know, Nestor Cortez is known for the way his gimmicks and all these other things. He got into the third inning. He struck out four or five. He hadn't thrown from there. He's got good pitches. He's got good movement. He locates it very well. He's got two or three mm-hmm. different fastballs. That cutter's nasty. His changeup's nasty. He's He is a good pitcher. 
He uses the cutter a ton too. He, he loves the cutter. The cutter's gross. He uses it like twenty five percent of the time. Fastball forty seven. This is just from the last start. Oh, that's from twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean his, his metrics from twenty twenty one. I'll be have one a cutter start. and a slider. Yeah, yeah. His slider's gross. His pitch makes his fastball, that, cutter, slider change up. Well, he not doesn't really, throw that really hard, so he throws ninety one. That's what I'm saying. If you're not going to throw that hard, he's up a mile then, an hour from last year too, which is nice and all. But I mean, at that point, it kind of doesn't <laughs> matter. What's the difference between ninety two and ninety one? Not that much. If I'd almost, I'd almost rather be hundred. No, if you, I'd rather be people, lower. Like there. I, I think the thresholds are like 95, but once you hit that, there is a point in Major League Baseball where there's a huge difference. I think it's like 94 to 95 or 94 to 96 that you really see a jump. But yeah, again, it's not 91, though. Well, I know, but it's still he's I guess what I'm trying to get is that he's improving. It's not that yeah. he's out here throwing the same stuff, doing the same things. He's, you know. You, we we had Eric on. He was talking about people are in the best shape of their life. Nestor Cortez spent his entire offseason working on his stamina, not to be a reliever, but to be able to go six, seven innings in a baseball game. He looks mm-hmm. like he's in good shape. He's throwing harder. He's locating better. He, every, he's improving. That's what I'm getting, uh, yeah, getting at. His 2021, he's in the top third of the league in almost every important stat and every important metric. And he comes into this year stronger. So I don't think there's any reason to believe that he's not going to be good again this year. And even if he isn't the 2-9 ERA, 10Ks per 9 guy again, if he comes out here and he's throwing a 3-8 ERA and he's coming out there every fifth day, that's more than you can ask. That's what we asked for Jordan Montgomery, who's supposed to be a three-starter. Well, what were we saying all offseason? We want to bring in the three. We need a three-starter and maybe a two. And looks like Seve's could be the two. And if what you're saying proves true with Nestor, you know, if he's if we if your third pitcher throws a three eight and eats seven innings every time he goes out there, that's wonderful. Yeah. No, yeah. the the bottom line is this team, and you know, to play devil's advocate to myself and decide with you guys is we we have two aces, and then we have three five three fringe you know middle of the pack guys, which is fine. Yeah. It's great when you have when you have one of the better bullpens in baseball. It is great. So I I think it's good enough to to do some damage with the best bullpen. Pair no, pair that I'm just, with the best bullpen in baseball, and you have two bona fide fucking aces. I think that's a very that's a good recipe to make a World Series run. I agree. Hopefully, I'm just on Murph's side. I'm 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 just playing on Murph's side on this one. I get what you're saying, and I know that he's more of the same as just kind of a middling starter. My whole point is, I'm not saying you need to praise Nestor to the high heavens. But rather than just being the funny guy that brings the turtle around and has a mustache, let's, let's put some respect on the guy's name. He's a good pitcher. He has the respect. He just also has he the doubt. He doesn't, though. He doesn't have the respect. Nobody be, respects he has the respect from starter. the Yankee fans, but he has a lot of doubt because he is who he is. But it's no, not he's, it. he's a goofy. Like a, he's, he's a goofy and a quirky personality guy anyway. And then you pair that with the fourth and fifth inning, you know, quick slide step goofy stuff and that's what makes it on twitter and that's what makes the highlight reels that's what he's known for so nobody really that people just assume that that's how he gets by which honestly i was guilty of i thought that that's why he was good and i was fine with that's why he was good if it works i don't know how long it's gonna work darren o'day wouldn't have been good if he threw overhand but you know, he only threw he threw 90 <laughs> miles an hour and like he was good because he could sidewind you're right and, and I yeah, thought he had a job because he can sidewind Right, and that's great. If that works, then fine. I don't care how you get the ball to the plate. If it works, great. 
I was just worried that if he he relies too much, if he relies too much on that gimmicky stuff, then that's a different story. And Chandler, to your point, you know, it seems like all off season, he was working on that being a part of his game and not the reason that he's getting innings and getting a good ERA like that. If you can do all that stuff and it doesn't throw you off while you're on the mound. Great. It's another tool in your toolbox that you can use. Yeah. My whole thing was this wasn't to be open a huge can of worms or anything. I just want, I think my whole point, bottom line, whatever is that as a fan base and as a baseball fan, as Cortez is not just the guy that throws funny anymore. He's a good pitcher. That's it. That's all I'm getting at. I agree. Agreed. I got two. I got one thing I want to kind of bring up that we've talked about a lot and it kind of uh, beating a dead horse at this point, but they had those reports that came out that Aaron judge wouldn't budge off of Mike trout money. Did you see that? They were, I think it was John Heyman reported that uh, the Yankees were willing to up their offer. The only thing they wanted was Aaron judge to show a little bit of leeway. Like, Hey man, don't ask for 360. I think they said they would go within a million of Mike trout and he wouldn't even have the conversation. That's bad. I'm, I'm going to let them handle that. Uh, no, you can't, but I mean, the, our whole job is to talk about the Yankees. And I know. That's a pretty big Yankees thing. So I'm, just, I'm, just, bringing, I'm bringing it up. Yeah. Here's the thing about this that. Makes me sad. Is, it, it makes me sad, too, but what he's putting, the situation he's putting himself in is that he's got to prove it. So we're Which not going to get a lesser version of Garrett Cole because he's mad that the Yankees won't give him money. Because if he underperforms this year, whether it's the Yankees or some other team, they're not going to give him that kind of money unless he has another MVP caliber year. He so it's in his best interest. It. I don't think so either. But if he thinks he can, that's fine. We're going to get the best version of Judge. You yeah. know what that told me? Yes. And this is why this is why I brought it up, because that tells me right there he doesn't want to be here. He's going to turn into Canal if he leaves. He doesn't they want, said he that doesn't on the Michael K show. They said it on the Michael K show today, and it's like who, yeah, from the leaves and is as recognizable as when they left. Nobody, and they, you know, I, I was like, oh, that's kind of ridiculous. And then it's true. I think it was Peter Rosenberg mentioned it was like the only one who's really done that and been like one of the Yankees cornerstone pieces that walked away during their prime of their career was Cano, and he turned into a nobody in Seattle. I'm, it's he went to Seattle at age 31. He was still good though, which too, is and he just, just, this, I, I, that's actually kind of wild. I didn't think about this. Like this, I didn't I, either. I, I, when when you when, when you look at the two players, like you look at who Cano was coming out of that year, like he came out of that year, he hit 314. He had 27 home runs. He was very much the guy. He was fifth in MVP. MVP. He was yeah. fifth in MVP. Was, he was fourth was in MVP the year before. He was sixth in MVP the year before that. Third before that. Like he was doing very 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 well. Went to Seattle. Fifth in MVP that year, but then he dropped off the face of the earth. And it's kind of wild when you look at it. I don't necessarily think Cano did not have the injury history. He nearly played every fucking game every, every year that he played, which is wild. Like you look at the game log, 160, 159, 161, 160, 159, Steroids are 161. Drug, Steroids are crazy. But I'm just saying it's kind of wild because you, you look at, and this is the only thing in my mind that makes me think that Judge will stay with the Yankees is because like, wow, you're really going to let a high profile guy like that get away that the fan base loves and all that. They did it with Cano. I didn't think about that. Uh, that's all I had. One thing I wanted to end the show on. If you guys had no other topics to chat about I have one topic, I would like to bring up. Okay. It's not really a long one. It's just something fun that Damon put in the slack. RIP Damon. He was here to start. He is no longer with us. Um, 
The next 15 Yankees games are against the Orioles. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> oh, okay. No, go ahead. Orioles, know, Tigers, Guardians, and Royals. What's your number of wins you're satisfied in in those 15 games? It's uh, Baltimore for, I think, six. Uh, Guardians for three. Royals for three. Tigers, right? For three? I'd have to look. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I yeah, listed it up yesterday. It yeah. Okay. Um, I think out of the 15, I'd be upset if we didn't get 10. I, that's my number was 10. I want 11 wins, well, and I think that's realistic. 10 and a half. Over I'm, under I'm, is 10 and a half. I was going to say 9 and a half, but uh, yeah. Fair. I wouldn't say no to 15. No. We were 11 and 8 against the Orioles last year. Well, that's, but, so that's that can't happen again. That, that cannot. If you want to contend in this division in, yeah. in the American League, you cannot. That is inexcusable. You cannot go eleven and eight again. The, the Orioles. We we mentioned X factors a lot. They are the X factor this year. It's it's literally <laughs> no. It's the individual. It's the individual matchups of every team in the AL East versus the Orioles. How many can you get against yep. them? And that's yep. honestly that that there's a lot of what was the, there's was the a Rays lot of, like, like what twelve and two against yeah, them. Yeah, this versus this. Look, I think every team against each other in the AL East is probably going to play five hundred ball. And I think it's, it's how many can team. you sneak? Yeah, it's how many can you sneak away from the Orioles? And that's why, like, these games tonight and the, every Orioles game from here on out and every game that other people play against the Orioles, I'm going to be paying so much more attention to because of how competitive the other four teams are going to be. And, like, look at us right now. We're 500 pretty much against the other AL East teams, and I think it's going to continue to be that way. So these are else. These teams are going to kick each other's ass, and it's just... How well do you play the Orioles? That's it. That's that's that decides the division. This This is arguably one of the. This I'm not. I'm shit. You're not. This is obviously the other uh, series are very important. You have to at least play 500 ball against the rest of the division. If you win more, fantastic. But like, these are the swing games. You you have to win against the Orioles. No, if you saw the stat last year, was like if the Yankees played to the record that the Rays did against the Orioles, they would have won the division. Yep. Like, what saying, Orioles are the fantasy football team that's like three and eight, yeah. and then right before the playoffs, they pick up some guys on the waiver wire and they just try to play spoiler. Like, th- there are four legitimate World Series contenders in the division, and they just they just want to play spoiler. And it's, I think they especially want to play spoiler against the Yankees because why wouldn't you? I wish we were going to this game tonight. This is what we're planning on going to on was it tonight? It was tonight. Yeah, it was Cuz they're doing 1992 night. night. It's the 30 year anniversary of uh Camden Yards and they're doing like 30 years ago pricing before inflation uh became a thing or <laughs> it was always a thing, but it's they're using prices for that. It's like $4 to sit uh to get tickets, $35 to sit on home plate. It's like a dollar for a hot dog, dollar for a beer. Wish we could go. I've never been to Camden Yards and I thought that would be a lot of fun, but they should do a 2019 night. We got that. Why? Be about the same price difference. I didn't say I can't. I can't imagine that <laughs> tickets are too expensive now. The only yeah, yeah. different twenty nineteen, you get to watch history and Chris Davis strike out fifty six times. In I a row. saw that highlight come up the other day when he broke it, and I just I forget when he broke the streak of the most hit, was it fifty six at bats at or something without a hit, and then he remember he asked for the ball. <laughs> that was so funny. All right, anywho, uh, I want to go to the bar, so. I'll catch you guys later. All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya! It was 1989, my thoughts were short, my hair was long. Caught somewhere between a boy and man. She was 17 and she was far from in between. 
Making love 